0: Hello and welcome to episode 124 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I am your host Stuart Butler, and I'm joined today with some fellow fueligans, Pete DeMayo.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast.
0: Alice uh, Fate making her return.
2: Hey everybody.
0: Uh, and remotely is Melissa Kavanaugh. Howdy ho. And then we also have a very special guest today, so I'm going to set the tone of this a little bit first before I introduce her. But you know, we we at Fuel do a really good job of driving direct bookings for independent hotels. But I've identified, I've been traveling recently a lot, which is apologies, which is why we haven't been regular with the show. But one of the things I have realized is there's a few gaps in knowledge that we have. You know, I, and, and I've identified I've identified three that I feel like if we bring in some expert speakers they can really help add to our conversation so the first of these is today and we're gonna be talking about what the flags do from a marketing perspective beyond the the actual franchise itself but what can individual properties do so if you're a flag property you'll get some good nuggets out of that and then if you're an independent property we're gonna talk a little bit too about what you can learn from what the flags are doing, and also where you have an advantage over the flags as well. So to bring in the expertise on that, we reached far and wide, looked high and low across the seven seas, and we found our good friend Stephanie Smith with Cogwheel Marketing. How are you doing, Stephanie?
3: Very well. Happy Friday, everybody.
0: Thank you for joining the show. I've had the pleasure of meeting you um, before on Lauren uh, Gray's show. This Week in Hospitality Digital Marketing, which is what led me to inviting you here because you did such a phenomenal job there. So no pressure, but we expect very high standards today.
3: I will live up to those standards. Looking forward to
0: it. Oh, awesome. All right, so you've heard the show before, so you know, before we jump into the topic, we have to go and see what's going on in the news of ruse
1: With hotel marketing that cannot lose, now it's time for news a ruse
0: Pete, you ready to go back to live reading of the jingle? You know, I don't know. I kind
1: of feel like I'm out of practice. Yeah. I have to completely change up the jingle because 2020 is coming up and maybe we just have to do a whole new <gasps> soundboard for the show.
0: Yeah. If you want to put all the effort into that, go, go right for it. <laughs> uh, otherwise, we'll Every, just continue. As everybody is.
1: has to wait and see what happens. Oh. I got a couple of months till 2020.
0: This is true. So. All right. So, do we actually have any newsaroos? This we week? do.
1: We have some big news. Actually, we have a singular. We have a newsaroo. And that is originally re- released by Focuswire, but it was picked up by pretty much everybody else in the hotel world. And this TripAdvisor rolls out a direct booking system that's integrated in with their sponsored positions. So anyone who listens or has used sponsored positions knows that it's horrible. I hate it, and we've been, <laughs> you know, begging TripAdvisor to do something rel- relevant with that platform. And it looks like they're finally starting to listen. Because this new rollout, which sort, you said you heard about it at your conference, right?
0: Yeah. So they actually announced it first and foremost at the Direct Booking Summit that I was just at the TripTees puts on. Uh, we just I was speaking there last week in Miami, uh, and uh, actually earlier this week, and uh, yeah, Trip gave a presentation in which they announced it. So essentially, the difference is previously sponsor positions. Uh, w- or a way for you to bid to be at the top of your geographic locations listings. So even if you have a one-star property, you can jump to the top just by spending money with TripAdvisor. Yeah. Which we talked on the show before how that's not really consumer yeah. friendly. We don't really In, and we necessarily think it at, that's great.
1: At nauseam for a lot of properties who had low TripAdvisor rankings right. and could not get any traffic from TripAdvisor. It
0: was it was tough, right? Because the problem is. The link doesn't go out to the website. The link goes to your profile page within TripAdvisor, which is kind of yeah. shite, right? Well, well that leads
1: to an issue where you're paying to drive people to your profile pa- page, and then you, where pay, then you pay for have cost to per pay click, yeah, cost per click, and competing against the OTAs,
0: right? So now so, they've added this extra button in the ad where you can actually go right out to the website and book, and and so it, it's sort of a, another meta search opportunity within TripAdvisor. Uh, I think it kind of plays together with the uh, TripConnect system. We haven't tested it yet. Full disclosure: I think everyone should be testing it. We're getting ready to roll it out. later. literally, just announced a couple of days ago. So we're getting ready to roll this out for some of our clients early. Yeah, next I already week.
1: have three tests in the process being rolled out.
0: Right. I, th- I think this is interesting. I, I asked some questions to the Trip Advisor guys at the the expo. In in you know, it someone else also asked similar questions too. But we were we were kind of getting at, has TripAdvisor really lost sight of what made them great? You know, is this really being authentic to the guest by trying to create more ways to pay to be at the top and not really disclose it in a way that is completely transparent? And they pushed back really hard on that, as they would. But then they went on to say, you know, we wish that the, the hotels would share more data with us and give us ROI data because then we can hone these ads a little more, to which the entire audience looked at each other and said, What you mean is if we give you ROI data, you're going to charge us as much as you possibly can. So it it seems like TripAdvisor's no longer serving the consumer, which made them great in the first place. They've lost authenticity. They're no longer <coughs> serving the hotelier because they're creating these platforms that they're just price gouging us multiple times that don't have a trackable, tangible ROI. They're not really serving the OTAs because now they're sticking these things above anything the OTA can get to. OTAs cannot bid on this stuff. And and so the only people they're really serving is Wall Street. And, and the problem is by chasing profit, They're eroding the trust in the brand from both the suppliers and the consumers. So this is, I I don't know. Is this just another nail in their coffin? Discuss.
1: I I feel that, one, I feel they have lost sight of their customer and their, their mission to provide those reviews to the guests. And they're pushing down those reviews in favor of literally everything else on that results page. I feel like what they're heading here is in the right direction. And I think the testing will kind of bear it out because if I can drive that direct booking for less than their other platforms, then
0: maybe right yeah, maybe it's a good there. investment. So, so the question was posed: Well, what's the business model? How much is it going to cost per click? Right. So the response was: Well, it depends. It's going to mm-hmm. be a fluid CPC based on demand and supply.
1: Which is so. Let's break that down. It's going to be fluid based on CPC and mm-hmm. only. Yeah, uh, specific properties can bid on it. OTAs can't bid on it.
0: OTAs cannot bid on it. Individual properties can. Um, and you can basically set a daily budget of spend. I'm pretty sure that's your kind of metric of how, how much you invest in it. And yeah. that's it. Which
1: that was the big problem with the original sponsor positions was there was no bid management. There right. was no control. Mm-hmm. And it was there was no tracking either. So yeah. that kind of made it a kind of a, a horrible platform. They're getting better, but... Until we do the testing, which hopefully next couple of weeks we'll have more information on it from the tests that we're running. But yeah. I don't know. They've we'll let me down too be many times to be too excited about this.
0: Yeah, I know. I, I I used to love TripAdvisor and I don't know. They just frustrate me more and more every day. I'm waiting for someone big to buy them out and, and then them get back to what made them great. righty. So on that happy note. <laughs> Stephanie, you want to kind of give us your credentials? Why should we trust what you have to say in the next 30 minutes or so?
3: That is a great question. So my expertise involves focusing on digital marketing for branded or flagged hotels. So knowing the intricacies of where the enterprise level brand marketing stops and where a a hotel level marketing should begin. So whether you're a Hilton or an IHG or a Marriott or a Hyatt, looking at the how the brand functions from a 30,000 foot level and then seeing how that trickles down to an individual hotel level and then looking at other like brands in the area. So even if you're, you know, you could easily be one of 20 Marriott's in any given market and trying to differentiate yourselves um, in the digital space, even against other Marriott's, not even just hotels in your comp set. And, um, you know, I've worked in both the uh, uh, agency developing websites and also um, at large management companies where I had the opportunity to sit on different uh, brand advisory boards uh, to kind of get some insight into how they think and how they work. And each brand definitely operates different. and You know, when I'm working with an individual hotel, the opportunity is to see, you know, how can we market that individual brand, which um, a lot of owners tend to think that, oh, the brand does that for me, that's taken care of. And it's trying to understand um, what they do and what they don't do and find that basically do a gap analysis and find where the where we can partner together at an individual hotel level.
0: Yeah, so it would be fair to say that you really understand the ecosystem from a brand or a flag perspective. And like you said, the, the brands themselves tend to su- support the properties in some fashion, but there's limits to that. So you kind of come in as a, as a supplement to what they're already getting from the, the corporate level, and then you find the opportunities for them.
3: Correct, because I don't want to pitch something that the brand's already doing, or basically paying, you know, somebody something twice to get something done. So, yeah. making sure that that doesn't happen, and that you're doing truly supplemental or incremental efforts on top of what the brand's doing.
0: So, do you? This is a loaded question. So, are there particular brands that you feel like do a better job supporting the properties?
3: Uh, I think it's more—it's not necessarily s- support or or marketing the hotels. I think that within each brand, there are some that just have a, a stronger following. Like you, you know, within the IHG brand, the Holiday Inn Express is obviously a very well-known brand. Within Hilton, Hampton's a very strong brand. Um, so y- there's there's that piece of it from a brand voice standpoint that I, you know, you can—it's probably fairly obvious to most. But I think what Differentiates them down at a hotel level is how that they've built their systems and in giving individual hotels the tools to make to differentiate themselves um, even within the cookie cutter template models of the websites. For example, how can we how can you differentiate yourself against the comp set and other, you know, like hotels in the brand. So Yes, they're within the. Uh, some brands give individual hotels more leeway and more customization options than other brands.
0: I love the way you dodged the question and didn't give us specifics. <laughs> That's awesome. You you've got to play nice with all of them. I would imagine you have got to be Switzerland. All right, yeah. so let's. We we on the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast like to be um, tangible and tactical with a lot of our advice. So you you created a list of. A bunch of areas where you focus for your hotels, and we're, we're just going to have a little discussion about each in terms of what you know, what the opportunity is, how people can leverage these things. So let's start out with number one, 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 one.
2: One, 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 one.
3: Yeah. So number one, and I I categorize this under under UNAP, which stands for URL name address phone consistency. Some people I think call it NAPW. I don't know if you guys have a different term for it.
0: Um, yeah, we, we had a debate earlier in the office about <laughs> UNAP because, you know, I, I, we'd had the conversation before. I was aware of what it was, and a lot of folks knew what NAP was, but that we were creating fake versions of what UNAP s- stood for. And I think, what was the last one, Alyssa? It was like United Nations Against Pete or something? Correct. <laughs> yeah. So we uh, we decided that's what it really means. But for the purpose of this conversation, let's stick to um, URL name, address, and phone.
3: Okay. So and uh, almost all the major brands, uh, primarily Marriott, Hilton, and ING all use a UNAP system called Yext, which is a back-end platform that has an API that aggregates to all these different sources. So if you've ever had a hotel that's gone through any type of name change, renovation, brand change, or new development, you kind of need some system to help communicate out to make sure your information is right on all these different sources. So the platform that the brands use to help with that, um, heavy lifting, you can say, you know, it pushes out to TripAdvisor, Google, Facebook, Foursquare. Um, It's about, I think their their package has about 40 to 60 different websites that it pushes out to, but basically ensures that you have consistency um, across all channels, helps with duplicate suppression so you don't have two Yelp listings out there, that type of thing. Um, So from a brand standpoint, they're making that Investment, So the hotels don't have to worry about some of the the nuances that might come with, um, you know, renovations or, or things like along those lines.
0: Yeah. So uh, every property, regardless of if you're independent or a flag, should b- make sure that you have consistency of UNAP across the entire web. We here at Fuel you know, realize the importance of that from an SEO perspective. So we use a tool called Mars Local that basically does that automatically and goes out to hundreds of different locations but everyone should do it and yext anyone can sign up for yext or anyone can sign up for mars local or you can find an agency or someone that already has a discount through you know bulk buy and leverage them but everyone that listens to this that has a property should be focused on making sure that data is consistent across the entire web
1: and i think that's the key point is across the entire web if you have one property in one location it's it's not even almost manageable to do that yeah manually you have to have a platform if you have a couple properties underneath your brand then it becomes completely insurmountable that you'll ever be able to make sure you get it right in every single location because it's more than yelp google bing yeah. all those other places it's so many more lists. Yeah, every little directory out there and,
0: yeah that for, for
1: sure. you'll never even think to check right and, and our jobs are, are is being a hotelier not chasing down every single directory that might be out there. Right,
0: and it's important, you know, not just because you need to do it because Google tells you to, but it every one of those channels someone may discover you on it. And if the phone number's wrong, if the address is wrong and they can't get accurate directions, you're creating an inconvenience for your guests. So you you want to do it for the, from the guest perspective anyway, but it also happens to help with SEO and other stuff. So yeah. Get on your UNAPs.
3: (laughs) And if you're, and my last plug for, if you're a Marriott hotel, you can actually get access from the brand and audit your own listings, which I think is very advisable.
0: So how how would someone do that? They'd reach out to their account rep or,
3: Marriott? Oh, I don't really have one of those. There's if you have to kind of know that there's a search an SEO email that you can email and ask for access. I think it's Marriott SEO at Marriott.com, but don't quote me on that.
0: <laughs> okay. So go everyone send the emails to that and if it bounces, then you can blame Stephanie. Then
3: you can yell at me. Exactly. All
0: right. So let's move on to number two. <laughs> uh
3: so the second one is, is reputation management. Again, just like with the UNAP, the the brands creating that High-level support system. So all the major brands, um, a couple of years ago, a few of them, both Hilton and IHG, used Revenate, And since everyone's moved over to Medallia, um, and they white-label that for their own purposes, but each of the brands have their own internal surveys, just like an independent hotel would. But it the system is bringing in all of your third-party reviews from your OTAs, Google, uh, wherever you you know might get reviews, so that you can answer all of those reviews in one place. So I think the opportunity also that independents have, or I see maybe a potential lag, is just in terms of review responses or timeliness of those. Um, The brands uh, require the hotels to be very pretty quick in turning around those responses. But if there's any type of escalation, um, there is brand level support that they may step in from a PR standpoint, and either handle like really irate guests, or if the hotel isn't responding to somebody that's really upset in a timely manner, they will step in and provide that kind of support level, uh, sometimes at a fee, but at least there's that second layer that maybe some of the independents don't have. So, you know, the big opportunity with independents is just make sure you're using something again, whatever that may be. I don't know if you know, fuel you guys have a recommended system, but there needs to be something that can collect all that so you're not logging into ten different sites and trying to manage that those review responses.
0: Yeah, definitely we we agree using a tool. We don't have a particular favorite. There, there's a number of them out there, you know, Revenate has a product, Trust You has a has a product. There's a number of others. So just do some search on, you know, hotel online reputation management tools, things like that. And you you'll, you know, and find a vendor that makes sense to you. I think the key is that you're being proactive, that you are monitoring, that you you are responding. In this week, someone gave me a really cool insight at the direct booking summit. We were talking about how do you drive more direct bookings, and the conversation had come up earlier about reviews in general. When you're responding to a review, you're not really just responding to that one person. And it really isn't about whether or not you're, you're giving them the information they need. It's more about showing that you're hospitable, showing that you're good, you care about your guest to the thousands of other people that are going to come and read that review later on. So that, that was a conversation that we'd already had. And then we were talking about what are ways, new ways to drive direct bookings. And someone brought up the great idea, which was every time you respond to a review, mention, you know, we'd love to see you again. And don't forget to book direct because here's the value proposition. In every review, because then you're reinforcing that message every time idea. someone yeah. reads a review. And you know, we talked before, we did a whole episode on reviews and how to handle negative especially. And one of the things we always said was, always invite the guest back. Regardless of how crappy their experience was, always offer the olive branch and say, we'd love to earn your business back or have a chance to make it up to you if you stay again. So you should do that, but then add in that little caveat of, and be sure to book direct because we do this if you do.
1: And, you know, one thing I'd even add to that as well is it's all about velocity and how quickly you can respond to those reviews because on a platform like if it's Google or if it's booking or TripAdvisor, whomever it is, those reviews, they always reflect in the stars, right? But when people are reading the reviews, they're going to read the first few and as it gets pushed down. So if you have a negative review or a positive review for that matter and it's at the very top, You only have a limited time to respond to it and make sure that a potential guest who hasn't booked yet can see your response to that. You know, so you don't want to wait, you know, a week, two weeks, whatever it might be. You want to be responding. If you can respond that same day, ideal, but try to keep it within 48 hours for sure.
2: Yeah. And I go straight for the negative reviews. I don't even read the positive reviews. And I've put a lot more weight on them recently um, across the board, but especially for hotels, if... an independent hotel responds positively and corrects the issue, I'm way more likely to book than I would be if they were nasty to the guest.
1: Right. And I mean, to Stuart's point is that guest has already stayed and has already formed their opinion. You can shift it a little bit, but you're talking to the people who have not yet booked. And that's why you've like, Stuart said, show the, you know, book direct message in there, but just show that you're paying attention and making changes or, you know, kindly you know guide the guest to what may have gone awry and we've talked about that in past episodes as well you're a dumbass is that what yeah. you're saying exactly if it's a, say it succinctly to say you're a dumbass book direct next time yeah and then leave the it problem
0: at is that. you not us right yeah <laughs> definitely that's the way to handle reviews 100 <laughs> percent sarcasm mode off all right so number three. Three,
2: three, three, three
3: number three our online travel agencies so uh the major flags primarily are gonna, and I'm gonna say that, what, 95% of all these different OTAs that you think are independent, whether it's Price or Hotwire, under some larger conglomerate, so ExpediumBooking.com are gonna be the two that the brands or flag properties, or brands really focused on negotiating very, very hard with, Um, they are really fighting that battle on behalf of the hotels to drive down that commission rate as low as possible. Um, some of them as low as between 11 and 13%, and a lot of that fluctuates based on weekday, weekend, um, and then Booking.com has their preferred platform that's going to shift that a little bit more, but they're, that's something that the hotels don't necessarily have to think about. They're more focused on their strategy and what they're pushing out to those OTAs more so than renegotiating those contracts. So I would say the the big takeaway for the independent hotels is to, one, know what your renewal dates are. So I've been in a few situations where, you know, the agreements are five years and you don't even know that it comes and goes. So be proactive in finding out what that renewal date is. And then if you can partner with any of your sister properties to, you know, you don't have a lot of bargaining power if you're only a single hotel, I would say. But see what you can do to, you know, lower those commission rates.
0: Yeah, and sometimes you can even play them off against each other, say, I'm going to go exclusively with Expedia, or I'm exclusively with booking holdings, unless I can get this kind of a percentage. I've seen that be effective. Yeah. Or or form some kind of co-op, like get a consortium of properties and go do some collective bargaining. I think that, that's shown to be effective too.
1: Yeah, And if you haven't renegotiated, like I said, within five years, so much has changed since then. Obviously, Marriott has been the, the leader in driving down the OTA commission rates, but even for the individual properties... That we see, even for small flags or small brands, you can drive that rate down because the individual sales guys want to, to make that money as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you have to play a game of chicken and, uh, yeah. you know. But well, and
1: here's the thing too is, yes, they're an OTA, but they're also a new business tool. So if you can treat that OTA guest as a new guest or new book direct guest for their next time, and you work as hard as you can when they step on property to ensure that they never book to the OTA again that'll make that 15 20 25% commission rate much more palatable
0: yeah open it wide open to get new guests cuz yeah. they can reach people you you will not be able to reach on your own absolutely so go get as many guests as you can from OTAs the first time but then like Pete said, if, if you're letting them book through an OTA the second time they come to stay with you, you're doing it wrong. You've got to do everything you can to collect email addresses, to communicate with them, to educate them, you know, through physically inputs, person when they come and check in, in, you know, any correspondence you have with them, and then again when they check out. So, yeah, OTAs aren't evil, but you can misuse them and cause yourself a lot of pain and damage.
3: Yeah, I think it's key to say, too, that even as big as the brands are, they can't compete with the, the marketing budgets of the OTAs that don't have that physical asset they have to worry about.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's, it's going to be interesting. that Google was at the direct booking summit, too, and I, I'd asked them a question about how they're essentially becoming a, an OTA now with their book on Google um, feature, and what does that mean for their relationship with the OTAs? Is that long-term strategy to disintermediate and that he obviously he said no but he was very adamant that we see these as a critical part of the ecosystem and you know we want our cake and eat it too is essentially what he said so <laughs> which they google they knew can that have already, all the right? cake <laughs> right yeah they can even have the layer cake pete <coughs> wow that's, that's so cool. <laughs> all right number four. Four. Four, 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 four,
3: four yes um so social media and for the purposes of social media uh, we're just gonna go with Facebook because I feel like before you can, a lot of hotels want to jump into doing a lot of different channels. I say master one before you roll over into trying to take on too much. But from a corporate level or from a brand standpoint, most of the hotel brands set up what's called a parent-child relationship, and that doesn't really mean much of anything. But if you think about If you are a Fairfield Inn, that means there's going to be a main Fairfield Inn page that has a location feature. So if you go to the main Fairfield Inn page, you can see a map with all the different other uh, associated Fairfield Inns. So it basically links those together. And then the other thing that it means um, is that if a hotel is too small or is in transition with staff and just isn't doing any postings, anything that's posted on that main parent page is going to filter down to the um, individual hotel page. So it's kind of a backup option so that you don't run across someone's uh, Facebook page and see that it's completely blank or no one's posted in like a year. So it just eliminates that um, from potentially happening. So you know, there's a lot of different ways that you can, you know, manage your social media and get involved and whatnot. But I would say, you know, this is just kind of a good um, baseline plan that the brands have put together so that there's there's something out there that's correct and accurate and not completely blank.
0: Yeah, I just, I, I really struggle with the kind of generic content that a lot of, is what get pub, gets published when people try to do social media at scale, whether that's a brand, whether that's an agency, you know, if you're, we've always kind of yeah, you know, we do social media for some clients, but it's not a core part of our business. And we our recommendation is always to an individual property to find on property people that are passionate about the property to kind of head up your social media. Find someone that actually cares and knows what's going on and has the tone and the voice of the property. I mean agencies can do it, but I would say you can do it cheaper and more effectively in house if you have the right kind of people.
1: Yeah, I feel agencies are much better at creating and crafting the strategy promotions and how you can in, engage but at the end of the day it has to be the property getting on the, and doing it themselves on the daily posting and engaging and not just posting It's so much more than that it is social so you need to respond to
0: people you need yeah, to engage interact communicate talk on a although i don't level. think i don't
1: ahead.
3: think every hotel needs to be responding i mean posting daily i think that can be no, a social. Sm- no. ex- Excessive in a lot of markets but from a unique from an independent hotel being able to leverage your uniqueness and then also I think the key another key component of having your staff involved is that you know if there's a staff birthday or an anniversary or international housekeeping week and really bringing your staff to the to the front line when it comes to social, I've seen that really play out well, and just you know leveraging your value proposition as a independent hotel, I think there's an opportunity there over over flagged hotels for sure. Yeah,
0: for sure. And and again, I think like Pete said, it it maybe you need some help coming up with a strategy for it because I think you're right that you can talk to different audiences on social media in different ways, and uh, you know one of the things we do. Uh, uh, fuel is we look at the different channels and say who is our audience here so on facebook we're not really talking to prospects and clients we're talking to our employees to our the families and friends of our employees and uh, prospective employees because we want to show our personality but we're not really promoting our stuff that much on there We'll, we'll establish we're a thought leader and show videos and publish the podcast and stuff but we're If you look at our Twitter versus our Facebook, the tone is very different. The the messaging is very different. I think hotels should do that with social too. Like look at the different channels and one, does it make sense for my audience? And two, who is my real audience and what is my goal? How do I accomplish that? And you're right. Some people, I think posting every day is way too excessive. But some properties, if you're like a hip, cool place and you have a lot of energy and a lot going on, you might be posting multiple times a day. So I think it it always depends is, is the answer.
2: Yeah, and I think social also provides a platform to cross-promote your content efforts. Um, And then from a paid perspective, they have so many targeting options to take advantage of.
0: For sure. Yeah. And we've covered Facebook in a lot of other episodes. I don't want to kind of get too far down in the weeds and for the sake of time. But yeah, important. All right, so let's jump into number five,
3: five, 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 five. I think this is probably one of the hugest um, advantages that uh, independent hotel has, um, but that's going to be search engine optimization. So this could be a whole nother podcast in and of itself, if you ask me, but to keep it as simple as possible, obviously with an independent site, you have the full control over to do basically whatever you want on the flagged hotel side. Uh, you have very limited options for elaborate content, there's no blog opportunities. Uh, Some of the brands do allow some customizable title and meta. Uh, Some of them allow customizable headers, but usually only an H2 or H3. Uh, The brands do a great job of, they have great domain authority, so just being associated with Marriott.com or Hilton.com is gonna kinda give you an immediate boost, but you still have to work towards your backlink strategy and offsite optimization. There is uh, The the content piece of it is just the biggest portion that's really outside of a hotel's control. So you really have to leverage some of those secondary channels like social media to at least help with that storytelling aspect because the the CMSs that are built by the flags are very specific in terms of character limitations and there's not a lot of places where you can really uh, beef out content if that was something that you wanted to do. Uh, the other thing the flags do, I mean, they do um, at least a f- fairly decent job of just you know, keeping things clean With it comes to URL structures, reduction of 404s. Some of the brands do an okay job of at least having basic schema and things like that. Um, but there is not a lot of customization options, so independents should be definitely jumping on that and utilizing all the tools and restraints that they don't have, basically.
0: Yeah, and if, if you need help with SEO, I know these these guys over at Fuel who tend <laughs> to do some good SEO. I feel like that's one of our strongest offerings. You know, beyond the software, I feel like we are I'm tooting our own horn a little bit, but I feel like our SEO is top notch. Beyond um,
1: well, and it yeah. it really is a it's an advantage for an independent property because you can create so much content and you can become the hub of information. About your area, more or less, depending on the size of the area. But if you can become an expert, you will be found earlier on in that shopping process. If it's things to do around Virginia Beach and you completely dedicate yourself to building out that breadth of content for your guest, it's going to help you find more of those guests. And And the flags really can't do that really effectively
0: No, they'll dominate the broad terms you know they're going to dominate Miami Beach hotels and stuff like that but they're not going to compete on the kind of more intricate longer tail stuff that's a little more specific you know hotels need this specific thing or hotels with this specific thing you're going to be able to kill them on those keywords
3: For, for many years because of specifically number five the a lot of there was a strategy that basically hotels would create their own secondary or vanity websites yep. so you they were having two different websites um, depending on so you have to assume we used to assume that the brand loyal guests would use the brand website the cookie cutter template and then for everything else rather be SEO all the paid campaigns just the st- more of the storytelling piece used to come through that second website and the brands you know weren't lacking that all of their links were reporting to vanity sites and that there is you know, that they were losing that control piece of it from a branding aspect. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things involved. Why they obviously wanted those to go away. Um, but as as they have basically mandated that those aren't allowed anymore, um, you know, there's more concerns with, you know, how Google handles domain diversification and their SERP results and things like that that have come into play more recently.
0: Yeah, and we, we saw a few Hilton properties that recently got affected as they started slapping people on the wrists and taking away the vanity websites and it killed them because they were getting so much traffic through those vanity sites so
1: especially in a destination versus you know along the way type hotels yeah and we had a lot of specifically in the myrtle beach area where you know we did great work and we really drove their direct bookings up but when you know be it hilton or whomever says no more it was hilton
0: yeah yeah (laughs)
3: it be nice eventually eventually they all did it i think it. well ihg
0: is still a little bit loose right ihg still has is allows yeah. it but with some regulations you have to follow some certain guidelines but
3: and they've always had guidelines but they did start rolling out on a brand level standpoint and then you can go through and a couple of the brands you can still allow it or you can ask for um yeah. But in the of the bigger brands that I work with, theirs has the least opportunity to optimize at an individual hotel level from an on-site optimization standpoint. They're the, um, sorry, I she not the they're the worst in terms of being Ooh. able to customize that. So this is going um, out publicly to at least see, ten people. Do know, you foresee them that improving
2: that, and then taking away the ability to have a vanity site in the future?
3: Well, for all the smaller brands, they've already taken it away. So any select service or Exinista, it's already it uh, it's already gone. So um,
2: autograph collection, for example.
3: So that's Marriott. They um, so Marriott's rolled out what they call elevated sites that have custom page optimizations that you can do. So. I'm more okay with that because you can have, there is, they've actually built out some customization for autographs and full service Marriott's.
0: Interesting. All right. We, we're going way longer than we anticipated as mm-hmm. we do in every episode. So let's, uh, it's not your fault. This is a great conversation, but let's, let's move on okay. to the next one and go through these last few kind of quick.
3: Perfect. All right. We'll knock them out.
0: So what <clears> number <throat> are we on? Six. six, 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 six,
3: six, six. six. So, um, six is going to be the loyalty programs that the flagged or brand hotels have. Obviously, that's something that they've touted for a long time. And this was something, Stuart, we had got off on a tangent on, on Lauren's podcast, if you guys want to hear about it. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, when we talk about it at a hotel level, the flags don't share a lot of that data or you know, access to those profiles. So they're doing all of that more at a higher a higher level. So you can do a couple of like email marketing, but you actually don't get the database or get to see any statistics um, in terms of those specific consumers and who stays at your hotel versus others. Um, but, you know, there is a an opportunity for the independent hotels to, really do customize, you know, creating dynamic lists with your CRM and things like that to actually do a little bit more targeting and to know that specific guest at that specific location. So even though you won't have the strength or the leverage of the huge, you know, merit or platform, you know, you can do a lot of good at your own individual property.
0: Yeah, and it's just a hot topic right now. A lot of independents have kind of dabbled with loyalty and trying to figure it out and and I think there's it means different things to different people like some people are talking more about a rewards program for behavior right now some are talking about repeat business uh, you know I, I personally think independent hotels although they're at a disadvantage because they don't have the wide network of a Marriott or a Hilton loyalty program they can certainly compete in terms of offering tangible uh, rewards for a guest to book with them once and then again and again and again and especially to drive direct bookings you know if you look at what Hilton did with um, with their rewards program to encourage direct bookings. I think that's something to em- emulate, You know, giving free Wi-Fi or faster Wi-Fi, giving away bottles of water at check-in, giving these little perks, free parking, free breakfast, whatever it is, figure out some incentives for, for booking direct and make sure that you're promoting that front and center. And then there's other, if you want to get more creative, there are third-party vendors out there that can help you um, build a, a, a network of loyalty across a bunch of independents. So, Stash Rewards is one. And then a, a vendor that I've just recently gotten to know and I'm really impressed with what they're doing is the Guestbook. And they're doing cashback rewards, instant 5% cashback rewards on every stay. And that seems to be working really well for a lot of independent hotels. So, if you want to check out theguestbook.com, that's a pretty good one. If you fill out a form, just tell them the Fuel Podcast sent you. But, um, You know, loyalty is something I don't think anyone really has figured out on the independent side, but a lot of people are dabbling in right now.
3: Yeah, and I have to second the guest book because they're – Dependent they give you different options depending on what appeals to that guest. So maybe it is the five percent cash back, but there are other options if yep. that's something. Depending on you know what appeals to that guest, which I think the flexibility there is pretty key, and it's really easy set up from an operations standpoint.
0: Yeah, you see the five percent cash back, five percent donation to a charity of your choice, or you can get fifteen percent off of a future stay at any one of their hotels in the network. So it's it's pretty cool. All right, let's jump on to number seven, 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 seven.
3: Seven. So, you know, as we talk about trying to get that second stay from the OTA guests' stay, book direct, and I think advertising in the different meta-search channels, whether that be Google Hotel Ads, Kayak, Trivago, TripAdvisor, all of those kind of fall under the MetaSearch. But the brands have, uh, within the last few years, gotten much more aggressive with trying to have some type of share of voice when it comes to uh, meta search advertising at an individual hotel so with some of the brands they really try to maximize share of the voice on their own at the brand level and running those campaigns for you some of the other brands um, you know have a basically have a gap to fill and allow the hotels if they see that need to pr- uh, participate and use extra funds to uh, maximize shifting that convert those conversions over to direct so I don't know. I don't even know from an independent side. Is there a vendor that handles, from an umbrella standpoint, all of those different platforms, so that you're not working individually at Tripadvisor and individually with any of the other, you know, Google Hotel hotel ads or whatnot?
0: Yeah, there's actually a lot of folks that are in the dabbling in the meta game now. Um, you know, that at the direct booking summit, both Sojourn and Triptease have both gotten into that game. Um, a lot of agencies like ourselves, we, we have connections to those channels, so anyone that's really providing booking engine software or some form of marketing software seems to be getting into, into that space these days. Uh, most channel management systems out there, whether you're using a SiteMinder or an Easy Yield or something, most of them can connect, but you do need a partner because you for a channel like Google Hotel Ads, for example, you cannot go direct. They will not let you connect. You have to use a third-party vendor, so… If you all can do that for you or you know if if you're you're already using technology partners for your booking engine, they can probably help out on the meta but it's it's something that you know is definitely increased in terms of wallet share for our clients on their budget side for the last five years. I think we've seen a consistent increase in spend on meta search yeah.
1: and, and, you know we haven't really seen phenomenal returns, but we've seen solid returns, yeah you know we'll see I say three to five probably 100% ROAS yeah. in that range yeah. depends it depends
0: on the property in the, the situation but uh
1: it, it needs to be in that matrix of your budget because yeah. it's incredibly important and it's one of those things too where you know especially with google hotel ads as they've migrated that into the, you know, the google ads platform it's more and more controllable and you can get a better return on it that way too
0: yeah, definitely something that everyone should be dabbling in at this point, and and I think the main ones you should be competing on, are TripAdvisor and Google, I, you know, we have a lot of clients that have pulled away from Kayak and Trivago. they're just less relevant than they were, and and I think you know Meta has has kind of evolved. It's and I'll give credit to Tim Peter because he's said this for a long time, and and it's really coming to fruition. Meta isn't a destination; it's a feature within something you're already using if it's done right right so if you look at google they've injected meta into their search results you look at tripadvisor they've injected meta into so i think i think destination sites like trivago are a thing of the past and i think the feature of meta search in platforms is where it's all heading and especially when you've got people like google who are continuing to put gha in front of more people they're really trying to do what they've done on the flights side with hotels it's very apparent, you know, I think that's, that's where I would recommend investing in Meta. Mm-hmm. All righty, so for the sake of time, what I'm going to do, Stephanie, is instead of going through the last three, I'll let you pick one, and then we'll put the last couple in just the show notes so people can come to the site and, and look at what those are. So out of the, the remaining ones, is there the one in particular you wanted to touch on?
3: Well, please yeah, be I'm probably going what's that? Can it please be nine? yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I feel, like I, I feel like I covered I feel like I covered website design, which is number ten, a little bit under SEO because I think a lot of that falls together. So number nine um, is reporting. So there uh, this could also be another podcast in and of itself. So my in my prior life when I was creating independent uh, vanity sites or just websites in general for different hotels, you know, I have, whether it's Google Analytics or Omniture Access and all this great data, and then I switch over to solely helping out branded portfolios for a management company. And it was a shock to my system that I have to wait one, I have to wait until the end of the month to get any of my data, and number two, for the most part, I'm getting just very high-level statistics. Like I can get things like channel mix. I can get, um, you know, I can get page visits. There's some brands that I can set up specific tracking for specific campaigns, um, but if I will not really want to drill down into where my traffic's come from, or any type of real-time analytics, um, they're really uh, that their, their access just isn't there, except for Hyatt. Hyatt's the only one that actually provides uh, hotels omniture access down to the individual hotel data. Uh, another report that I really like, or I like looking at, is where my when we look at the source breakdown, looking and seeing what referring sites are working for me. And some of those are paid, some of them are not. But you know, just looking and seeing how those are working. So some of the brands allow you to pull the that a referring domain report, um, but it's not. Uh, it's not as ideal, obviously, as having just straight analytics access. So, you know, there's so much knowledge that is in there that you could and be making decisions from, you know, whether you're using something, um, whoever it is that, you know, can actually look at that data and make sense of it. It's one, having the data, but number two, just being able to make actionable decisions from that data and being able to put a plan together and doing a B tests and making changes on your website and running UX tests and seeing what can result in higher conversions, things like that are just priceless when you look at the the opportunities and not even that, not even just tests on your website, but tests on your booking engine and saying, you know, okay, where's that relationship between my website and booking engine? Is anything broken there and making sure that, you know, doing different tests, they're just, um so many different things that we just can't do on the branded side
2: well you know my two cents as being the analytics person on this team that i couldn't agree with you more on that i mean even we've worked with brands that are using not the fuel booking engine and we've helped them make changes based on data that we've seen on you know the fallout on certain pages within the the booking funnel and measuring those changes and not having that real-time data is is pretty not a good thing so <laughs> it's not a good thing you make a change you want to see what impact that has and not wait 30 days if you're lucky to even get that data
0: yeah so I think along with the SEO side of things this is probably the biggest advantage that independents have over uh, the, the flags and and probably one of the most important advantages anyone can have because if, if you don't have data you can't make decisions if you can't make decisions, then you know we're probably, you're probably wasting a lot of your money, your advertising spend. So, this this might is I to add me, a
2: caveat of it, it must be good data, good M- data. Melissa, caveat <laughs> can always
0: add a caveat. Yes. Um, yeah, it must be good data, and you must interpret it the right way, right? But I, I think at the end of the day, for me, this is why when a lot of people you know if they come to me and say we're building a property we're kind of toying with where it's going to be independent or it's going to be a flag you know obviously there's the the big issue of financing if you want to be independent a lot of banks are reluctant to give you financing so that's why a lot of people lean towards going with a franchise but because of this data challenge that i think the the flags have created I, I honestly recommend to most people, if they can afford to do it, to go independent. I don't think you need the flags as much as you used to. And I think now the independents have the tools at their disposal, especially if they have the data, to really live and breathe and on their own and do it well. You know, you've know, got to be committed. You've got to want to be in the hospitality industry. It's not just a real estate investment. But if you're committed and you leverage the data, I think you can do just fine without a flag no offense to any of your clients stephanie but
3: i mean i i could say a lot of different things i would say if it's your first hotel uh maybe do a brand of one first so you get your feet wet with some support before you dive, <laughs> yeah head in into an independent because I, I think that I, you know i've worked my share of both sides of properties and i would say that there's a lot of sometimes unless they have a great partner like fuel there's a lot of resources that they just they're thin on resources they're thin from a corporate support standpoint and they need you know they they need strong partners, and sometimes they hesitate making those investments in those partners and sometimes it's just underutilized or data that's there that's being underutilized or systems that are being underutilized
1: I think I mean that's um, a that's a really good point because the money that you're saving by not going to a flag that money still has smile. to be invested in doing what that flag has to do for you because for sure. if if you forget that the flag does do so much more than just give you a name. Mm-hmm. And if you're not providing that for yourself, you're setting yourself up for failure. And we've seen it happen time and time again where you ask a property what their marketing budget is and it's nil. Yeah. And you can't expect to succeed, especially when you look at how advanced the marketing side is getting.
0: For sure.
3: And that's just one piece of running, operating a hotel. The marketing piece is just one, one sliver of it. Absolutely. So yeah,
0: that's the important one though. Cause that's the one we work in so. <laughs> <laughs> rooms clean themselves these days. That's right. Robots check people in maintain the property. Um, well this has been a great conversation. Like I said, there's a couple more that we'll put in the show notes, which you'll be able to get at fuel com slash podcast and click on episode 24. And, uh, so this is your opportunity, Stephanie, you've done great today, you met the standards that we expected of you, sure. so now you get the the gift of a shameless plug, so if you want to let people know where to find you and how they can reach you, that would be great.
3: Yeah, so you can find uh, Cogwell Marketing at CogwellMarketing.com. Uh, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, that's my favorite social, but I'm under Stephanie Sparks Smith, since Smith is such an original last name. Um, I have to throw that in there uh, I have a blog you can sign up for that I'm not in a podcast yet but I'm fairly active and transparent and actionable in my blog I like to think the um, I do just in terms of, you know, I help underperforming branded hotels, but I also do a lot of openings and conversions. So navigating the space with a hotel that's in development or going through a flag change or renovation, there's a lot of um, usually heavy lifting and support needed with uh, consistent online storytelling as far as that goes. And then if you're, I would say if you're trying to uh, decide if you're trying to be branded or independent, I work with a uh, quite a few consultants. I'm part of Cayuga Hospitality Consultants, and there's a lot of people that can help run feasibility tests and things like that that might be outside of the scope of, of specifically just marketing. So, um, But I do pretty much every brand, whether it's Marriott, Starwood, Hilton, IHG, Hyatt, those are pretty much the ones that are in my wheelhouse. And yeah, hit me up. And my email is also stephanie at com. So awesome. thank you so much for you mean allowing your me wheel wheel that house? two cents.
0: Nah, yeah, <laughs> your cogwheel house. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, you're welcome for being on the show. That, um, is great content. Like I said, we're going to be reaching out to some folks in the industry that have expertise that we don't have just because we feel like, you know, we've... We, we've talked a lot about a lot of things over the last few years that we've had the show, but there's there's certainly some gaps. So, you know, you were the first of the experts we're bringing in. We're also going to bring someone in from the revenue management side, and then we're going to bring someone in from the operations side of the properties as well and kind of get, you know, bend their ear on how how marketing can help support them and they can support marketing. So. You have that to look forward to, all those folks that are listening. And for everyone that I met at um, the Digital Marketing Summit or the Direct Booking Summit this past week, um, thank you for coming up and telling me that you listened to the show. I'm not going to do individual shout-outs in this episode. I'm going to do a follow-up episode that's going to cover the entirety of the D- the Direct Booking Summit and going to talk about some of my takeaways. So I'll give you independent shout-outs at that point. But you know who you are. We had some good times some fun times, shared some good jokes and laughs and some beers. And, uh, we learned a little bit along the way too. So, um, uh, so it was good seeing you all And if you're tuning in to the for, for the first time to the show, if you're hotel marketing podcast, and please go back and listen to some of the previous episodes. We've got over 120, well, this will be the 124th of great content that I think you can learn from. You can probably skip the first 40 or so because the audio quality is a little naff, but other than that, have fun with that. And, Pete, if they want to find you on the web, where can they do that?
1: They can find me on Twitter at P. Mayo, P-D-I-M-A-I-O.
0: And, Melissa?
2: I'm on Twitter at M.A. Kavanaugh,
0: Um, You also need to get the Twitter handle, Melissa Caveat, because we started calling you that a lot more. I think you should. I'll
2: see if that's available. All
0: right. And, <laughs> Alyssa?
2: They can find me on Twitter at Alyssa Fate.
0: Cool. And thank you again, Stephanie, for joining us. You can find me at Stuart Butler. You can find us collectively at Fuel Travel. The mothership where you can get all the episodes is fueltravel.com slash podcast. And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast.
3: You can uh, edit out any of the parts where my son was coughing in the background. That was awesome.